0: Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 and now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin.
1: So good to have you with us, everybody. For those of you that turned into the broadcast yesterday, we are rebroadcasting the Hot Topics segment today in this broadcast. So if you're wondering if you've heard this broadcast before, if you heard yesterday's broadcast, you are also going to hear the same basic content today, but just with the hot topic. So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Greg Murray. Good to have you with us, and thank you for listening. Good to have you with us, everybody. We have Greg Murray, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Wholesale One, a mortgage brokerage cooperative managed by a division of Altasource Portfolio Solutions. But it's a new business that's out there and really doing well, and I encourage you to get to know Greg, and this business. He is responsible for the strategic direction of the cooperative, focusing primarily on developing a platform that ensures a competitive advantage for all its members and service providers. His three decades of mortgage industry experience, ranging from systems to sales and including managing retail, wholesale correspondent, and affinity business. So welcome to the broadcast with me. Good to have you with us.
2: Uh, David, thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for having me on, and uh, pleasure to be here.
1: Well, I want the audience. For those of you that don't know you, let's get you introduced a little bit. You have a, a diverse background. Sounds like a little bit of mine. I've done all the same things. I could duplicate that and cut and paste it into mine. We've done sales. We've done you know retail. We've done wholesale, correspondent, affinity business relationship. Give our listeners a little bit of a, a back, of your background. Where have you been, and how did you get to where you're at?
2: Uh, so I was very fortunate. I started in the business actually with a company called Prudential Home Mortgage. It kind of came into the business without being beholden to any particular way of doing business. It was a great group of folks that kind of wanted to find a new way to uh, originate loans, a new way to kind of serve their clients. Right. And, and frankly, that kind of that background has served me really well throughout the, the rest of my career. I've been fortunate to be with some, mm. uh, some great firms, large firms, and, and kind of mid-sized firms. Uh, it was also interesting, I started in the systems world, which actually kind of, you know, if you if you understand the systems that drive it all, it kind of puts you in a great spot to, to be able to really execute.
1: Yeah, given the complexities of our industry now, systems background is probably a pretty good background to have. Uh, give us some insights into how you landed at Wholesale One. And for sure. those that are not familiar with the company, this is your opportunity to just kinda of tell people about you.
2: So um I, I did run uh a wholesale at uh, at City Mortgage for several years back in the first part of the last decade. And um, by <laughs> virtue of that I was I had a chance to work with a guy named Jeff McGinnis. Jeff is the CEO of Lenders One. Uh Lenders One is our sister cooperative, started actually about Fourteen years ago, as a as a platform for supporting mortgage bankers in a way to kind of use the power of the collective, and in in essence to kind of strengthen independent mortgage companies, uh, in, both for the you know, in terms of negotiations with service providers as well as into the secondary right. market. I was fortunate about two years ago as uh, AltaSource was looking at an opportunity to kind of take that cooperative model, that idea of constructive collaboration, if you will, in order to strengthen independent companies. We want to kind of take that out and put it down in another place within mortgage banking. Uh, Jeff uh, reached out to me and said, you know, clearly wholesale is a a place that, uh, you know, perhaps we can all probably agree it has fought the idea of scale and efficiency with a vengeance over the course of many years, and and maybe this is a place where we could we could create a platform through wholesale one that would allow independent, autonomous uh, mortgage broker companies and small banking companies to leverage their kind of collective strengths and create yeah. uh, an environment where brokers, Good. service providers, liquidity providers, all working in concert, ultimately to deliver a better experience for a borrower. And that's kind of a key in everything that we talk about. At the end of the day – this has got to be a better borrower experience.
1: How does sure. one relate to Lenders One? Actually, someone sent me a question on that just a moment ago. Is this sure. a sister company or a subsidiary of of a Lenders One?
2: The sister company would be the the better characterization. We're kind of uh, we have we are managed by the same parent, uh, a division of, of Alta Source. Okay. But the co-ops operate independently. Obviously, Lenders One supporting the mortgage banker cooperative. Uh, or the mortgage banker companies, uh, Wholesale One, supporting the mortgage brokerage.
1: Let's get into the whole Wholesale channel. Certainly, it's been one of the most amazing comeback stories of all time. But looking over the next year, what are some of the headwinds that you're seeing and tailwinds facing the mortgage broker. And I imagine CFPB is at the top of the list, or, or is it from your perspective?
2: Yeah, you know what, David? It's, it's
1: interesting. I think to
2: a certain degree, the headwinds and,
1: and tailwinds
2: are perhaps the same in certain ways. The, the complexity of the marketplace and the CFPB, the regulatory environment obviously plays into that, but also the shift ever so slowly, it would seem, to more of a purchase-focused market. We talked, you know, I heard your uh, guest talking a little bit about that earlier in the call. Both those things... One, they can certainly create a, a tighter market that can be harder for the origination firms. It can create a more complex execution that can be uh difficult for an origination firm. but on the other hand, two of the strengths of the broker uh, the independent mortgage brokers, their ability to react to change, and secondly their their ability to to focus on purchase money um you know i th- throughout e- even today when we have seen the share of the broker market being de minimis relative to where it used to be their share of the purchase market is probably double what it what it is in the in the greater yeah. market their yes. their ability to kind of serve their communities right they they live in the communities they they reflect their own communities their ability to work their referral sources and their diligence around working those referral sources throughout the uh, the course of this kind of the, from the troubles to the present, I think sets the broker company up better for the the upcoming market. And while life was life, certainly is more complex than it uh, than it has been, and uh, the, the regulatory environment a big driver in that. <laughs>
1: brokers react
2: to that. Brokers are um, brokers are more apt to be able to accept the change that is being placed on them and stay focused on serving their community.
1: Greg, I I want to credit Joe Farr to having you be a guest on the broadcast. He knows you and knows of you, and so I'm going to toss the mic over to him. But I want to say, Joe, thanks so
3: much for introducing us to Greg. I really enjoying sure. getting to know him. Joe. Uh, Greg, I wanted to, to go back a ways to say there have been many times and many things that have caused people in the market to predict the demise of the broker, and it hadn't happened. Things like uh, uh, loan officer comp was a big deal, and then disclosure differences were a big deal. So every time those things come up, and the prediction is it's going to really hurt the brokers, it doesn't. So what do you attribute that to? And maybe you just answered that. Is it their ability to react?
2: Yeah, I, I think to a certain degree, what we were just talking about, Joe, is is related to that. I, I think we, I think we underplayed how important the broker is to the purchase component of the marketplace. Even after the great troubles, uh, there was still some element of the market that was purchase focused. I think that the, the brokers were able to kind of live in that space in order to, uh, while the world was settling down. I think ultimately, you know, if it's done correctly, it can be a very cost effective way of doing business. I think mm-hmm. I think folks perhaps came around to that, you know, took some time, frankly, but have come around to the idea that hey, this is a way that I can extend my origination reach without having to put brick in my own brick and mortar into each of these communities. This is a way that I can better connect the communities I'm trying to serve by leveraging the talents of independent, autonomous broker owners who are doing business the right way. And, and certainly you can make the case that if you are a broker today, that is not an accident. You made a very conscious decision that this is the way you want to operate, that you believe that you can serve your community and serve your borrower more effectively Operating as an independent, operating as an autonomous business, you had you had plenty of opportunity to become a branch of somebody else. You had plenty of opportunity yeah. to go, you know, <laughs> go sell shoes. But you just decided, no, this is the this is the profession I've chosen. This is the way I can best serve my customer. And and I I don't know that we appreciated just how strongly some broker owners, the ones who are here today, felt about that.
4: Well, hey. Greg, thanks for being on the broadcast. Great to talk to you. I I, I like the way you phrased that, broker-owner, because I love dealing with sole proprietors who do stuff for me personally. It's just much better when you're dealing with the owner. And so I like the concept of broker-owner as an originator. So you you made the phrase. The phrase you said was something like, broker-owners who are operating the right way. So that's a great phrase. I love the way you coined that. So, so what does that mean? What are some of the keys in your mind for brokers to succeed in today's market?
2: Well, certainly, I think maybe two things that come to mind right away. One is they, that they they are selecting the right lending partners, the right service providers, um, but the right lending partners to be in business with. If someone asked me a question. In an interview a little while ago and it had what does the broker need to do to avoid causing the issues that occurred in 2008 and i i was thrown by the question because i when and what i finally said to the person is i, I don't accept the premise of your question to to try and lay all of the challenges of the mortgage market at the feet of the broker yeah. is isn't a third comment what we all can do today and then i think this is where you know what can a broker be careful about when they're selecting their lending partner uh, today is if it's sound you know, select somebody that they believe is going to be in the business for a long time they as a broker owner i've made a decision to be in the business for a long time then they need to think who's going to who's going to be there with me for a long time and the uh, the other thing that i and we've talked to our members about is the idea of looking for ways to expand the audience for their services. Part of that clearly is within the residential marketplace. Who, What process can I use? What lender can I use to serve more borrowers? But taking it a step further and say, how do I expand the market that I'm currently serving? How do I look at getting into small commercial business if that fits what I'm trying to do? I mean, they, they need to have a uh, a thoughtful plan about am I am I doing business with the right folks in order to serve my marketplace, and is it wise for me to expand the marketplace that I currently serve? Kind of, wh- what we talk about within Wholesale One is building out what we call a member revenue model. In essence, you know we try and make the argument that if you can be a part of Wholesale One, we're going to put you in a position where you can drive greater revenue than you would outside of. A wholesale one, and a key element of that is: can we can we help you attract better talent? Can we put that talent in front of new borrowers that you wouldn't otherwise experience? Can we put that talent into a marketplace that you wouldn't have a chance to serve, like commercial, for example? I think, I think that's a key. Whether it's through wholesale one or not, I think that's something that broker owners need to be thinking about. Am I doing business with the right folks? Am I expanding my business as best that I can?
4: So it's not doing it on your own and trying to figure it out by yourself. Be part of a co-op or have similar people doing the same thing that you collaborate with to determine what best practices is for your industry. So in in effect, joining Hostel One. Apart
2: from kind of more tangible benefits that we try and bring to the members around, uh, you know, discounted services or better than market execution on certain services and you know, connectivity to certain uh, lending partners. Candidly. Separate and apart from that, we just had we had about uh, nine broker owners in almost a month ago for our first kind of member council. And I'll tell you the the most striking thing that uh, for me was the, the interaction between those broker owners. From you know they came from various marketplaces, they were different uh, different sizes. The idea that they could, <laughs> that they felt a certain connection, that they weren't feeling so alone, which has all too often been. The plight of the broker uh, owner. There was there was a real power in that. Frankly, more than I had realized prior to the meeting.
3: Well, I just have a quick question. You know, as you look at the things that work in favor for the brokers or against
4: them in different market forces, so the purchase market should be helping them out. Do you think that? Do you think that's a good thing for the brokers right now?
2: Yeah, I really do. I I, I really do. I've had the good fortune of working for some great firms, both large and on small one of the things i i certainly saw at some of the larger firms if you look at some of the larger depositories many of them are thinking about the mortgage business in my mind as more of a mechanism for serving that part of their customer base that they are interested in deepening the relationship that may have a purchase component to it provided that borrower or uh, that depositor is going to be looking by home but but the focus on that kind of really takes away from the ability to get outside the walls of a branch as an example and go connect with the community and and deepen the relationship with referral partners uh, the the broker has never abdicated that position of, uh, of connection with the community and connection with the referral partner so I I see that that broker owner having a real great leverage point uh in within the purchase market. You know, one of the things I used to say to my my folks um quite a bit is we happen to be in the mortgage industry, but we're in the comfort business. And that's what we what we really <laughs> sell people is the comfort at a time when they are incredibly stressed and really Good. confused. And and that confusion and that stress is only going to increase given the you know, the ongoing complexity of our our industry right now, in my mind, that's where broker thrives, right? Their their ability to to be able to sit across the table from somebody, uh, either literally or metaphorically, and just say, regardless of what you're trying to do, I am going to be able to help you with that because that's what that's my role. My role is to find the best yeah. place to fund your deal and to make sure you don't lose any sleep.
1: Let, let's talk a little bit about the whole. Wholesale market and relationship the entire industry. How do you see the revitalization of the wholesale market benefit the industry overall?
2: Wholesale can be a great way of doing business. It can be a very efficient way and a very um, a very economical way of doing business. It, it, which is not to say it's easy. It's not to say that there isn't risk involved in it. And yeah. I, you know, we were talking before the uh, before the call a little bit and saying, you know, but but we are in the risk management business. We're not in the risk avoidance yes. business. If you can have the right control, Great statement. The right, which begins with the idea, I want to be in wholesale. I'm not going to dabble in it. I'm going to, I really want to be in wholesale. But if you have the right people and the right systems in place, and you can say, I can extend the reach of my lending, uh, of my lending arm by utilizing mm-hmm. the talents of these independent brokers, broker owners, and their staff who are better suited to deliver my product perhaps in certain areas, then, then that's where, to me, that's where it, it, it has more of an industry-wide effect beyond just any individual company.
3: The Providence settlement that uh, yeah. was mentioned earlier in the call. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that as it relates to uh, brokers and the and the wholesale lender relationship. And and uh, I know it was pretty dated uh, activity, but uh, does it? Or, uh, any concern into uh, an environment where we're trying to grow the grow the the wholesale environment?
2: Yeah, Joe. You know, my my gut reaction with two one is it is related to as I recall uh, incidents pre two thousand eleven, and certainly the you know lot a lot has changed just in the ensuing three mm-hmm. four years. Pre
3: L O C um, rule.
2: I, I'm I'm not discounting the importance of it, therefore, but uh, but I that has it does have to be taken relative to the the time frame in which it was. In which the incidents, quote unquote, occurred, I thought I'm not sure, uh, David, who who made a comment earlier about saying, is there a as par, part of the uh, uh, part of the motivation, pain simply to say, uh, let's just let's just pay this and move on? We don't believe that exists anymore because so much has changed and we can afford to pay it. Let's yeah. not let that be a distraction for what can come forward. I think there may be part of that. I that my other reaction would be this: Well, nine million dollars would. There's going to be a lot of money for me. On the other hand, it'd be really easy to say, "Oh, look, see this this fine is going out. That shows you wholesale is still a, uh, a risky place to be." Well, I can think of an awful lot of retail lenders who have paid significant fines as well. I, I come back to the comment I made before: yeah. we are in the risk business. If a part of that risk is just having a process that ensures we're doing business the right way with the right partners.
4: Well, all right, Greg. So here you go. So we, we want to avoid those risks from the past we want to do it better this time we want to do it right the first time and every time so you know we, we as lenders now are going to be working with wholesale to make this happen so what are some of the keys to success going forward
2: you know what one of the things I, i've said around here a long time is long before know your customer was a catchphrase um yeah. we, we really practiced that religion but Citigroup, group uh ubs Bowls, i mean you know just it was more important to make sure, as a, back then, as a wholesaler, we knew exactly who we were going to be, I'll you know, use the phrase, sitting across the table with. Um, did they Were they doing business the right way? Were they sharing our corporate values, in essence, in, in terms of growing the business? And did we have the appropriate controls in place, with respect to Mr. Uh, President Reagan about trust and verify, that all those things were, were in fact, happening? I think... It still starts with that today. I, I, are you vetting the? Are you vetting your uh, clients correctly? Are you vetting your counterparties correctly? It is. I think it's interesting to be an interesting phenomenon. I guess to see is that as trid, while well, well, many of the wholesalers we have talked to are still kind of finalizing how trid will be implemented from a process standpoint, there's certainly a component of that where just uh, there'll be the need to. Wrench back some of the control that today may otherwise be in in the uh, in the hands of the originator. But that uh, it'll be interesting to see whether that actually makes folks look at wholesale as a a, a safer place to do business or more safe than it was uh, than it has been. I, I would tell you, I mean, I think one of the things we're trying to do within the wholesale one platform is just our belief anyway is this: the transaction flows best when all the players in it are playing to their core competency. So if you are a lending institution, then develop policies that make the most sense for what you are trying to achieve. Price the loan according to the risk you believe you have in it. Underwrite the loan to the criteria that you that will support that particular risk reward uh paradigm. If you are an origination firm, seek out the right counterparties, serve your customer as best you can. Select lending partners that you think are going to help you grow your business. You know, we one of our particular providers on the platform happens to be a processing unit. If I'm an origination firm, but I really don't want to be a processing—that's what I really want to do. Then find a processing partner who can support yourself, who can support your broker business operationally, and connect you uh, more efficiently into that into that lender's pipeline. If you're a lender, uh, you know, look at look at. Processes that will allow the originator to be um, that that broker owner to act independently, but but also a focus on the origination component of what they do, and and deliver product into your pipeline that is of a better quality, a more a more streamlined delivery, so that your folks can act more effectively. And none of that necessarily is easy, but all those solutions are out there, and I think uh, put yes. them together in the in the right interconnectivity also becomes a really powerful component of the marketplace.
1: Got one time for one quick last question, Alice.
0: Well, thanks uh, for all that, uh, Greg. It was interesting as you were going down that um
2: uh, down that path, you know, that is uh, something that we see in the market. Is certainly that the brokers are all have varying different service models that they want. And I, I even have some of my broker customers, one of them said, I'm just a risk chicken. I don't want to underwrite ever. <laughs> and he, but you know, but you do have many of them that want to move into that, what we would call a mini correspondent step,
3: yeah. you know, that
4: not delegated correspondent level. Is that a good step for a broker who doesn't ever plan to be? on a correspondent, you know, especially yeah. with the CFPB guidance out
2: there. Yeah, I, you know, I guess the, it it does come down to the motivation. What was the motivation behind making the move? If it's if it's got to do with some kind of compensation issue, I think I'm not sure that is the right move. But but um to the extent that you you have aspirations to grow your company uh into more of a correspondent, uh to the extent you 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 have the right mindset. That's an interesting, uh, you know, the the player you just mentioned. Uh, I mean, there's somebody who clearly says, I know who I am. I know what I do best. That's not what I – I have no no aspiration to become more than what I am. There's nothing wrong with that. That's somebody who's pretty self-aware. If you're consciously making the decision and you understand the ramifications around the risk and the reward attached to it, I think it, I think it can be. Frankly, I thought of all the things the CFBB has put out – Their guidance around the kind of mini-correspondent, emerging banker, non-delegated, I thought was fairly clear. It was good. It was was relatively
1: clear. I look at the clock. We're out of time, Greg. It's really been good to have you here. Appreciate you so much joining in with the broadcast. There's a lot to talk about on this topic. Look forward to having you back. I wish you continued success at Wholesale One. Folks, our guest has been Greg Murray, Chief Executive Officer of Wholesale One. You can reach Greg by calling him at 314-817-1269, extension 271269. Also, you can reach him on his mobile phone, 314-922-9030. Or email him at gmurray, G-M-U-R-R-A-Y, at wholesale1.com. Folks, good to be with you. See you back here next week.